0: If you like titles, we're just going to title this The Gifts of God. Uh, If you're a person that likes to write a title to your message down, write down The Gifts of God. The questions that we had uh, that were asked uh, that pertain to the gifts were two different things. There were two questions. One was, what will happen if you don't use your God gifts? And the second one was a two-parter that said, what if you don't know your gift from God, how do you find it? So those are the questions that we're going to tackle this morning that we're going to attempt to answer. Uh, hopefully, by the time we get done here, you'll have a, a, a wealth of knowledge to be able to, anytime someone asks you these questions, that you can uh, help them along in their walk with the Lord to find out what it is that they're called to do, what it is that they're gifted to do. Uh, it's not anything complicated. It's not anything super spiritual. I mean, we're not going to have to do any great and mighty works and miracles. to, And you don't have to have people lay hands on you a dozen times before the gifts come upon you and all that good stuff. Uh, it's a real simple process. Anybody who is born again has a gift and a calling. And uh, so just remember that. Well, I'm going to pray before we get started. Give me time to get my bearings. So, Father, we thank you for the opportunity to hear your word. We thank you, Father, that as we go over your word this morning, that, Father, you give us revelation knowledge, that your Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts, that you would begin to minister to us even as I speak, that, Father, your words, Father, would flow through me, that, Father, whatever we need to hear this morning, that you'll speak to us this morning, Father, that the answers that we're looking for in these burning questions, Father, that, Father, will will see what we need to see, we'll hear what we need to hear, Father, that, so that we can grow in our relationship with you. Father, we just thank you that you're changing us from glory to glory, more and more like your Son, Jesus Christ, every time we gather together and every time as we get into your Word. And we thank you for these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So, real quick, we're going to answer the question I love, I love defining things, uh, As a youth pastor, it's good to define things. Teenagers are learning and they're growing. And they're at that stage in in their life where learning is an important part of their life. It's where they're defining who they are and and what they're going to be when they become adults. And so I like to define what we're talking about. So this morning we're talking about the gifts of God. So what is a gift? Well, the, the easy, obvious answer is a present that someone gives you. Uh, We get them for Christmas. Christmas is coming up. Who's got all their shopping done? Uh, There we go. Christy's got all of her shopping done. There we go. We got one in the crowd. We got one early shopper. Uh, It's always good to be an early shopper because them people are crazy out there this time of year. So what is a gift? Well, according to Webster's Dictionary, a guy who lived a long time ago, apparently he knew what he was talking about. He said it's a notable capacity A talent or an endowment. And number two, he said it's something voluntarily transferred by one person to another without compensation. So therefore, according to what Webster says, a gift from God is something that you don't have to repay him for. Now, the thing about a gift from God is you don't have to repay him for it. But there are requirements and things that you're supposed to do with that gift. How many of you, if, 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 I was, if you were to buy me an iPad for Christmas, which if you want to, that's great. I could use a new one. Uh, how, many of you, how many of you would probably not like it if you found out I took my iPad home because I also need a drum pad? And, and I use my iPad with my drumsticks as a drum pad to practice drumming. How many of you would appreciate what I did with your gift? Probably not. And so, you know, the same goes for the gifts of God. There are things that we're required to do with those gifts that he gives us. Even though they're freely given, he still has some requirements. He still has some, some ideas that you should respect them, that you should honor him with your gifts and all that kind of stuff. And we'll go over all that this morning. Now, I also like, since we're in church... You also have to look at the Greek definition, right? You have to to look up the Greek word for gift. Uh, So I looked it up, and most of you will probably know this word. If you know any Greek words whatsoever, this is probably the word that you know, and it's charisma. Uh, Charisma, we use the word even kind of in the the English language, Uh, and it means an undeserved benefit. Now, charisma is also composed of two different parts. It's got charis, and it's got ma. It's got a suffix called ma. The caris part means this. A favor done without expectation of return. The absolutely free expression of the loving kindness of God to men. Finding its only motive in the bounty and benevolence of the giver. God gives us gifts simply out of his love. There's no other reason that he gifts us. There's no other reason that he calls us. It's nothing that we deserve. I'm not special enough to be standing up here talking to you this morning. But God has gifted me with the ability to teach. God's gifted me with things to speak. And he's gifted you also. The suffix ma at the end of charisma, it indicates the result of grace. We always say they are grace gifts. And anyone who knows what grace is, is simply something, it's undeserved. Grace is just God doing something simply uh, because he wants to. He doesn't have to. He isn't required to do anything for us. He's the creator of the universe. He can do whatever he wants. But for some reason, he has this grace and this loving kindness that he bestows upon us and gives us gifts. The greatest gift that we get, of course, is salvation. Uh, and of course, uh, there are other things that he gives us along the way in our Christian life. But this, as we talk about this morning, we're talking about the fact that God has given you and I gifts and callings, things that he is calling you and I to do and things that he's given us to help us accomplish that call. So we're going to get into the word this morning in Luke chapter 11, verse 13. If you want to turn there. We're going to begin to talk about the word gifts. We're going to see what God has to say in the word about his gifts. Uh, this is a, a well-known verse. Most people probably have heard this verse. You can turn there. You can flip there. You can punch buttons to get there, whatever you want to, or you can just look at the screen. Uh, so Luke 11, 13 in the, in, the, in the New Living Translation says, So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Now, the first and most important gift that you and I have been given is the Holy Spirit. When you and I get saved, when we become born-again Christians, when we make Jesus Lord of our life, the Holy Spirit is given to us. He is imparted into us. He moves in on the inside. And it's only because of Him that we're able to have any other gift. It's because of what he's doing, the work he's doing on the inside of us, that we're capable of having the gifts of God, of having a calling, of having a purpose. Because without him, I'm nothing. Without him, I have no way to accomplish anything uh, of any value in my life. Uh, And so we need to understand that, first and foremost, God has given you gifts. If you don't leave here with anything else, you realize that God has given you a gift. He has given you a calling. Uh, It's not for anybody special. It's not just for pastors and teachers and prophets and evangelists. Those are all gifts. Those are gifts that God gave to the church. But you and I as individuals, as Christians, have been given a gift and a calling. And we need to walk in that gift and that calling. Because in Ephesians 4, 7, and 8, he says this. He says, however, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. And he says, that is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. When Jesus went to heaven, when Jesus had accomplished everything he needed to do on this earth, he rose to the right hand of the Father. And, And after he rose, he gave gifts. He started with the Holy Spirit. He passed out the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, and ever since then, He has been imparting gifts to each and every person that comes to know Him as their Lord and their Savior. So, what is it? What, what is my gift? How do I how do I know what my gift is? As we look at this question of how do I know what my gift from God is? How do I find it? Because you've you've said that I have a gift but I don't know what I'm gifted to do. Well, Paul says this in Romans twelve six through 8 He gives a short little list just of some, of some gifts that you could possibly be walking in. He says in verse 6, In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God is giving you the leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Now, this is just a short list of things that God may have gifted you to do. And most of us probably think when God's gifted us, of course, we think of the fivefold ministry. We think of people that are teaching and on praise and worship teams. And we think of people that are teaching in children's church. But here it says that God, in the last verse, he says at the very end, if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, it's a gift. Now, my wife is really, really good at that gift. Me, not so much. I'm, I'm, I, I, have a, I have to work a little harder to be nice to you. Just just so you know, when I'm being nice to you, it's hard work. Uh. But my wife, she just does it so well. And I believe it's a gift that God's given her. It's a gift to show kindness. Most of us are like, that's not a gift. That's just personality. Well, God said it was a gift. Paul said right here, it's a gift. Yeah. And so our gifts may not be something big and spectacular in the world's eyes. But it may be something big and spectacular to the person that you're talking to at that moment in, in, your, in your life. Uh, and uh, so... You may not, your gift doesn't have to necessarily fall into this list. This is just a short little thing that Paul wrote to kind of give people an idea that gifts aren't real big and spectacular things. That you can have small little things in your life that God has gifted you with. But if I want to figure out what my gift is, I believe that it's comprised of three different elements. There are three things that I believe your gift and my gift falls into, and, and you have these three things that work together to make up your gift. And the first thing are your skill sets or your talents, just your natural abilities. You know, we're born, and some of us have natural abilities. Some people can naturally draw and paint stuff, and that's not me. No, you don't want me drawing. I was good, I was good to keep the crayons and the lines. You know, that was about as gifted I was when it came to, to any kind of paint or artistic ability. Somebody had to draw the picture, and then I could just color it. Uh, but maybe maybe you have different gifts in different areas. Of course, mine—I have some musical ability. Uh, I'm I'm really good with numbers. Uh, I don't know why numbers just come naturally to me. And of course, I also have I have I have the, what I call a natural leadership. When 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 no one is taking charge, I just have this desire to make sure that everything's being taken care of. To to take the lead if no one's taking it. Uh, i 've I've learned to follow when when necessary, but i just I, I just naturally lead people uh, it 's just a god given gift. You may be artistic maybe you 're good with kids maybe you 're good with the elderly. I know people that are really, really good with elderly people and love to visit them I mean I have a friend a uh, guy I work with his wife he, she handles the adult ministries at their church, and that 's what she does. She visits the the widows uh, the widowers. And, and And she has meetings and and she feeds them and all this kind of stuff that 's just what she does and she 's really, really good at it. she's gifted to do that kind of stuff. maybe you're a good cook, maybe you're good mechanically, maybe you're good with woodworking maybe you're good with computers, maybe you just have some natural abilities inside of you that you may not think they're gifts from God, but they are. Our natural abilities are simply gifts from God. The second thing that you have that is part of your gift are passions. The things that you're passionate about. When you become born again and you become... And Jesus becomes Lord of your life. There's desires that that the Holy Spirit places on the inside of you. And those desires are things that He wants you to accomplish with your life. And He wants you to become passionate about them. So maybe it's, it's something as simple... I don't know, as a, a nicely mowed yard. Maybe it's, maybe it's just the fact that you love nice cut grass. And it's a passion of yours. Well, you can use that for the glory of God. You can use that gift, that passion for God's glory. And so we need to look at the things that we're passionate about. Of course, I'm passionate about music. I have, always have been my entire life. I love music. And ever since I got into youth ministry, I've been passionate about teenagers. I mean, when I was a teenager, I was passionate about other teenagers. And when I became a senior in high school, it just kind of amplified. The Lord just began to speak to me about about reaching the next generation and realizing that the next generation is our future. Each and every uh, time another generation rises up, I just feel burdened to reach them. And that's just a passion of mine. I want to see teenagers' uh, lives changed. I want them to see uh, the goodness of God and everything that he has for them. And the last thing that God uh, uses to comprise your gift are graces. Grace. There are things that you're graced to do. I am not graced for children's church ministry. Mm -mm. Mm, They'd all be in a corner right now. Hope, hopefully, cowering uh, and quiet. Uh, but I'm not. I'm not. am not graced for children's ministry. Uh, people ask me how I handle teenagers because some people aren't graced for teenagers. Uh, but I am. It's it's a grace that I've been given. Uh, and so you have to look at the things that when you start doing them, they come naturally. And it's like there's a peace when you walk in it, when, when you help with it, when you're doing it. There's nothing stressful about it. It's just like, it's like, hey, I just kind of feel like I was born to be here. Those are graces in your life. Those are things that God has, has graced you to do. And all of those things, when you put them all together, you come up with the gifts and the callings of God, I believe. Uh, I believe those three things propel us to finding what our gifts are. So uh, so to answer the question, what if I don't know my gift from God, how do I find it? Well, you need to figure out what those first two elements are about yourself. What are your skill sets? What are your passions? What are your natural abilities? Uh, ask other people what they notice about you. Mm-hmm. Say, say, what have you ever noticed that I'm really good at? Ask people that you respect and you love. You know, Tell me, have you ever noticed I did something really, really well? And uh, you'll be surprised at what people some, sometimes say to you. Sometimes they'll say stuff and they're like, I don't even think I can do that. They're like, well, last time you did it, you did it much better than I would have. And you'll be surprised sometimes of what some people will see in you that you don't see in yourself. And of course, once you, uh, once you do that, once you think about it for yourself, <laughs> begin to pray about it. Ask God to show you. If you can't figure out what it is that you... Can naturally do if you can't figure out what your passions are ask the holy spirit ask god to begin to reveal to you those things because he will he wants you to walk in your gift he wants you to walk in your calling Uh, And so once we've kind of identified it and once we've kind of identified those first two things then what you want to do is you want to say okay holy spirit How do I use this for god? You know, uh how do for me like my uncanny ability with numbers, just just the way I think about numbers and and math in general? It's like God, how am I going to use that for Your glory? Uh, and of course, now I have a job where I deal with sales, I deal with inventory, I deal with things uh, that require me to deal with numbers, and I can t- use those things that I have been given, that uh, that natural ability I've been given for the glory of God uh, to help. Uh, my coworkers to help my, my my company to be successful, and I can use just simple little things like that, and, and give God all the glory for it. So figure, ask God how we can use that. Maybe it's in a career. Maybe what you, maybe some of your natural abilities can be used in a career. Maybe it can be used in a hobby, and and through that hobby you can begin to interact with other people that do that hobby, and begin to reach other people that are interested in those things that you're interested in whether it be golf or whether it be bowling or whatever it may be uh whatever kind of hobby it could be maybe it's just an organization outside of the church maybe there's somebody doing something that you kind of feel like i what i've got i could help you with and maybe it's something like that uh and of course it could be the church maybe you can use what god's giving you to help right here at your local church uh and so if there's something like that you feel maybe here at the church that you could help with, that you say, well, you know what, I've got some, some skills in a certain area that I think would be beneficial to North Point. Well, I'm sure our pastors would love for you to come talk to them about it. And they would love all the help they could possibly get. Because I know I would. Uh, anytime somebody has an ability to do something that I can't do, it's a benefit. It's a benefit to me. Uh, it's a benefit to this church. And and I know our pastors feel the same way. So uh, once you find a place to plug those things in, once you find a place to plug your talents and your passions into, God's going to give you grace. Once you step into that thing that you feel like you're capable of doing, I believe the grace of God comes upon you to accomplish it. His supernatural ability to step into it, to see it through, is always there. Uh, you 'll see it all throughout scripture, uh, even even sometimes when you have to deal with hard things that come along maybe with your gift. Uh, Paul was told that, that god 's grace was always sufficient, no matter what he was going through, no matter what he was dealing with, there was always enough grace when he needed it, whether he was struggling with something or whether he was being attacked, whatever it may be, whether he was walking in his gift, there was grace. That was enough at that moment in time. So never feel like God's going to take you out on the ledge and then pull the plank out from underneath you. God doesn't do that. God's always uh, there to help us and see and see us through, uh, no matter what he's called us to do. So the other question is, what will happen if I don't use them? Okay, I've been given gifts and maybe... Maybe I just don't feel like I can do that. Or maybe I just don't feel bold enough to do that. And maybe there's other reasons. Maybe maybe I'm just too lazy to use my gift. Whatever it may be, uh, let's, let's answer the first thing. What will not happen? In Romans eleven twenty nine, he says, For God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. So the first thing you need to realize is God's never going to take that gift away from you. He's not. He says he can't. He says, once I give you a gift, it's yours. He's not not a person who gives it and then says, hey, you're not going to use it. Give it back. I'll give it to somebody else. Now, we might do that with our kids. (laughs) Listen, if you're not going to play with that, I'm taking it back to the store. (laughs) Son, I paid money for that. God doesn't do that kind of stuff. He gives you a gift and it's yours. Now, of course, uh, we need to understand that even though we won't lose it, we need to understand what will happen if we don't use it. And we need to understand why God gives us that gift. I think in order to understand what happens if we don't use it, we need to understand why he gave it to us. If we understand why he gave it to us, I think it will help understand what's going to happen if we don't use it. And so I've got several scriptures here. Uh, we'll start with the first part. In First Peter, there's two things I think that will happen. And two reasons why that he gave us these gifts. Uh, the first one is in First Peter 4.10. He says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. He says, use them well to serve God one another god gives you and i gifts to serve others that's the first thing that's the first reason why he gives us a gift to help other people it's not about me i mean it would be really weird for god to give me to teach and me just stand in front of the mirror all the time and teach myself i mean that would just be odd it's my my gift is to serve others. My gift is to teach others. My gift is to teach teenagers, to love on teenagers, to help teenagers realize their full potential in Christ Jesus. That's what I'm gifted to do. Uh, but it's not about me. And I tell my teenagers that all the time. Listen, I, I got much better things I could be doing. And I could be accomplishing. But God's gifted me to speak to you. God's gifted me to talk to you. God's gifted me tonight Uh, To be at church, to love on teenagers. He's gifted my wife to speak to to young people. And that's what we're gifted to do. Now the second one. uh, There's a long process that took me to get to where I'm at. So you're going to have to bear with me. As we get there, uh, we're going to go through several scriptures. uh, And get us to the point of understanding the second reason. Uh, Because I, I thought it was really interesting what the Bible had to say about the second reason. And I think it's really neat how, how he pulled it all throughout the Bible to get us to understand why he was going to give us these gifts. So, uh, in, in, in the New Living Translation, I noticed a lot of times that the word offerings was translated as special gifts. All throughout the Old Testament. Uh, so, real quick, I'm going to look at three verses in the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter thirty. Verse 20 says this They must wash with water whenever they go into the tabernacle to appear before the Lord, and when they approach the altar to burn up their special gifts to the Lord, or they will die. Uh, he called their offerings, they're going to burn up their special gifts. In Exodus 35, 5, he says, Take a sacred offering to the Lord. Let those with generous hearts present the following gifts to the Lord. Gold, silver, and bronze. And in Exodus thirty five twenty nine, he says, So the people of Israel, every man and woman who was eager to help in the work the Lord had given them through Moses, brought their gifts and gave them freely to the Lord. So in the Old Testament, he's talking about gifts as offerings, okay? Uh, and you say, okay, well, what does that have to do with my gifts? What does offerings have to do with gifts that God has given me? Uh, in Numbers 28.2, he says this. He says, give these instructions to the people of Israel. The offerings you present as special gifts are a pleasing aroma to me. They are my food. See to it they are brought at the appointed times and offering according to my instructions. I saw the words, when I was looking at this verse, I saw the words, pleasing aroma. It stuck out to me because I know of another verse in the New Testament that uses this same terminology. And it's in Ephesians 5 two. It says, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross was a special gift to God, okay? Now, okay, we're like, okay, that's Jesus. You still have not answered the question about what this has to do with what God's called me to do. I don't understand where you're going with this. Okay, one more verse, one more verse, and we're going to tie all this together. Romans 12, uh, verse 1 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. The second reason that God gave us these gifts is so that we could honor him with them. The Bible tells us to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. Now, that doesn't mean we need to slaughter ourselves. doesn't mean that we have to do anything of, of cutting ourselves and doing things that the pagan guys do to worship their idols and all this kind of stuff and their gods. It's not talking about that. He's saying, take your gift, take the things I have given you and offer them back to me. Offer them back to me as a sweet-smelling aroma, the same way that Jesus Christ offered himself. Jesus Christ his gift, his calling was to die on a cross. and he took that gift and he offered everything of himself back to God with his gift. Uh, and we should do the same thing with our gifts. Uh, we want to be pleasing to our Father. And so, use two things, serve others, honor God with the gifts. Those are the reasons why he gave us these gifts. So, what happens if we don't use our gifts? Or, we can say this, we improperly use our gifts. Uh, of course, the obvious answer no one gets served and God gets no honor. If we just kind of reverse what we just said about why uh, we have them. But I think there's some things that we need to understand will happen to us if we don't use our gifts. See, I mean, of course, other people are affected. And of course, the honor that God would receive is affected when you and I don't use our gifts. But there's something, I believe, that happens to us uh, personally if we don't use these gifts. Numbers chapter 18, verse 32. He says, You will not be considered guilty for accepting the Lord's tithes if you give the best portion to the priest. But be careful not to treat the holy gifts of the people of Israel as though they were common. If you do, you will die. Now, in context, he's talking about the little Levitical priesthood and the things that they're supposed to be doing and, and all this stuff that they're supposed to be taking care of and what they're allowed to, to eat of and partake of with the holy bread and all this kind of stuff. And uh, that's what he's talking about. But in the context of in the spirit of what we're discussing this morning, uh, he's basically saying that we should not treat the gifts of God lightly. They're not just something to be brushed off. They're not anything that's just common. I mean, we think of being kind to others I mean what's the big deal you know I can be kind to others when I feel like it I mean you know well if God's gifted you to, you to do that you shouldn't take that lightly you should always keep yourself in the frame of mind that you're prepared to be kind to others uh, the, the scriptures that we went through which verse was it uh, Romans twelve six through 8 read it in the message bible if you If you want to have your toes stomped on and be kicked in the shins and, and pile drove and everything else over your gift, it was challenging. Uh, it's really, really good, but he says some things uh, about your gifts, even those common gifts that, that we consider would consider common, about how we should treat them. Uh, it's, it's a really, really good translation of that verse. Uh, so we can't, we can't allow ourselves to just treat these things like they're no big deal. Like, you know what? It's okay if I don't use my gifts. It's okay, you know. I mean, as long as I love Jesus, as long as I come to church, uh, everything's going to be fine. That, that's what I'm supposed to do. Well, it is part of what you're supposed to do. Uh, but there are more things that we're supposed to do. Um, because here's what the thing happens. When you and I say that our gift is common... When we say that our gift isn't very valuable, we're dishonoring God. It's just like what I would do with the iPad if I took my drumsticks to it. I'm saying that your gift means nothing. That it's just a a piece of metal with a glass screen and some fancy little gidgets and gadgets on the inside of it. That's what I'm saying when, when I treat God's gift as just something that's very, very common. Uh the other thing that we have a tendency to do to improperly use our gift is use it for ourselves it 's selfish we, we become selfish with this uh, and you see this a lot uh, with with people who are gifted musically there are there, i mean there 's a lot of music out there. There's a lot of carnal music out there. There are people that were gifted by God to play instruments, to sing, that are using it for themselves to make money, to, to glorify themselves. It's all about them. And here's what the Bible says in Ezekiel twenty twenty six. God said, I let them pollute themselves with the very gifts I had given them. And he goes on to say, you know, he talks about at that time what they were doing was offering their firstborn children to their idols and their sacrifices. And so he was talking about their gifts of children uh, that he's given them. But he he says, I let them take the very things that I gave them and pollute themselves. And here's why he said he did it. So I might devastate them and remind them that I alone am the Lord. The fact of the matter is... God will let you use your gifts however you want to use them. But there will be consequences to how you use them. It's, I mean, it's just a fact. No matter what we... We're get, it's, a, it's a gift. God gave it to us. He's not going to take it away from us. We can do whatever we want to with it. But what you and I do with it, we will re- receive either praise for what we did with it or judgment for what we did with it. Uh, and so ultimately, if we don't use our gifts, here's what I would say. You live a subpar Christian life. You live, you live a Christian life that is, it's a Christian life, but that's all it is. It's not affecting anybody. It's not helping anybody. It's not, it's not being a, a benefit to God, to the church, to other people. It's all about me. And when you and I stand before God on that last day at the judgment seat of Christ, he's going to say, what did you do with what I gave you? You know, we we read about it in in the parable of the talents. What did you do with what I gave you? The bare minimum you should have done is put it in the bank, you know. The bare minimum you should have done is figure out how to use it, even if you didn't have to do all the work. And so, we're not reaching our full potential. And you and I, we've got so much more that God wants to do with us. Uh, only here recently, uh, in the past year, have, have Lita and I begin to see opportunities to go beyond what we've been doing with our gift, to take our gift to another level. You know, for for years, for I've been, we've been doing this for a little over eleven years as youth pastors. Uh, and I'm finally starting to get the opportunity To speak not only to my Teenagers in my youth group But to teenagers throughout the state Throughout the city And I'm getting opportunities that are bigger Than I ever could have imagined But it's only because I've taken What God's given me and used it Faithfully in the little things God says if you'll be faithful With the small I'll give you much Uh so real quick, because when we when we read these questions, we were like, "Okay, are you talking about gifts and callings of God? Are you talking about gifts of the Holy Spirit?" We really weren't sure what the question pertained to, so real quick, uh, as I wrap up i 'm going to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit because they are part of gifts that God's given us. They are also gifts that help us function in our gifts and callings uh, so i'm going to read them real quick in first corinthians twelve eight through ten. The new living translation says this. He says to one person the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice, to another the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge, the same spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else the one the one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to to, to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. And still another person is given the ability to speak in an unknown language, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. So the gifts of the Spirit are important. They're very important in our Christian life. And here's why they're important. Here's what Paul had to say about them. Uh, In 1 Corinthians 12... Verse 1, at the beginning of this chapter when he's going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit and what they are and, and all this kind of stuff. He says this to start it off. How many of you realize that a lot of times if you'll read the beginning and the end of something, you kind of get the entire message wrapped up in one. Everything else is to kind of broaden and expand on what I started with and what I finished with. And so he starts off the the chapter with, Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the spiritual abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. He says, listen, you have a question about the gifts of the Spirit. They are important, so listen very carefully. And uh, so how do we know which of these gifts that we're supposed to be using. How do we know of this list of gifts? How am I, when am I supposed to be operating in the gifts of the Spirit? Why are they there? Uh, well, Paul finishes up this chapter with this verse. In verse 31. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. He says, listen. You want to know what gift you need to be operating in? What's the most helpful what is going to help somebody at that moment in time, at that moment in their life, what gift of the Spirit is going to be needed? That's what you need to operate in. If someone needs the gift of healing, if they need someone to lay hands on them, and they need, and they need to get better, guess what gift we need? If someone is struggling and they're needing an answer to a question, maybe the gift of wisdom is what we need. At that moment in time, Uh, maybe we're trying to figure. Someone's trying to figure out. Hey, is this God or is this the enemy trying to trick me? Maybe I'm trying to find a new job and I'm trying to decide if this job is the right one. Maybe we need to have the gift of discerning spirits. Maybe we need to know who's talking to us right now. Maybe someone else needs us to help them in that area of their life. You've got all of these gifts. And just like the gifts and the callings of God, they were given to us to help other people, to serve others. Uh, so how do I know which ones are the most helpful? Well, Hebrews two four says, And God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever He chose. When you're walking... In your gift. Your calling that God's given you. When you're walking through life. Each and every day. When you go to work. You go to the grocery store. You're at home with your your family. There are times. That you're going to have opportunities. To share the gospel message. But there are most of the time. You're going to be living the gospel message. Your life is a living testament. Of Jesus Christ. Or it should be. And. When those moments arise and we're given the opportunity maybe to say something or someone comes and asks us, why, do you, how, why did you respond that way? The Holy Spirit at that moment in time decides whether I want to use a sign, whether I want to use a wonder, whether I want to use a miracle, whether I want to use a gift of the Holy Spirit. He decide, it says when He chooses to have you operate in a gift... Then he'll give it to you. And so it's like. I don't. I don't need to be worried about. Having to like. Get up in the clouds. And, and get all spiritual. and Super spiritual. And every morning. I don't need to get up. And say God. I'm going to operate. We're going to have signs and wonders today. God. Just help me help people. Whatever you need to use me to do. Whatever gift I need. At this moment in time. That's what I want you to give me. Uh. And if he wants you to operate in a gift, he will prompt you to do it. Uh, But Paul does mention one gift above every other. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 1. Of course he says, let love be your highest goal. Everything that we do should be out of love and servanthood to others. He said, but you should also... To desire the special abilities the Spirit gives. Which means you need to desire to walk in the gifts of the Spirit. He says, but especially the ability to prophesy. Now, that does not mean you're going to speak gloom and doom. And you're going to, and you're going to prophesy great things over the nation. And, 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 and all these things over people's lives. We're not talking about that kind of prophecy. The word prophecy is simply Edification. Exhortation and encouragement. And so, this is the gift that should be most common among us Christians. It should be one that we operate in continually. And there's a couple of reasons. Let me tell you why I believe that these two, the, the, this gift should be most common. One, it's most helpful on an anytime basis. Anytime, anywhere, whatever I'm doing. The gift of prophecy to encourage and edify others is useful all the time. And second, it's easy. There's nothing complicated about it. There's nothing super hoaxy poxy about it. Nothing crazy about it. We had the opportunity when we went to Ozark this summer with our teenagers. Uh, we had no idea that there was guest speakers there. Uh, we weren't prepared for it at all. Um, We get there and they say, hey, we've got this group called Crazy About You Ministries. Uh, Julie and Dane Earl, it's a a mother and her son. And they've got this ministry called Crazy About You Ministries. And their simple idea is to go love people. And they do it through the simple gift of prophecy. They want to go around and, hey, whatever God tells me to say to a person, I'm going to say it. Uh. And what was what was neat was here 's the thing: if I go up to someone and I feel like God is saying, "Hey, God just wants you to know He loves you." Now, maybe God didn't say it to me. Maybe I missed it, but is it really bad to say it? Did I really i mean is, is it really something that's just going to destroy that person's life if I tell him Jesus loves them? Is it really destroying someone's life if, if I come up to someone and, and, and say, hey, you know what? God's seen what you've been doing and he's proud of you. There you go, man. But there are moments in life, and my teenagers had the opportunity to go around and do this for complete strangers. To just walk up to somebody and whatever God was speaking to them, whatever they felt like God was saying, to say it. They had the opportunity to pray for one another, to speak words of encouragement over one another. Uh, as a youth group, they, they, they did it for me and Lita. They would prophesy over us. They would edify and encourage us with whatever they felt like God was saying to them. Uh, and simply loving people through the gift, simple gift of prophecy, I believe is what these this group Crazy About You Ministries is doing. Uh, and so, real quick as we wrap up, recap our answers. What will happen... If I don't use the gifts. Well. People don't get served. They don't receive the blessings of God. God doesn't get any honor. That he justly deserves. And there are things. That I miss out on. I don't receive everything. That God has for me. I don't get to walk in the type of Christian life. That I should be walking in. Because I, I didn't use my gifts. And. And. The second question, what if you don't know your gift from God, how do you find it? Well, figure out what your talents and your passions are. Ask yourself and those close to you to help you with this process. Ask the Lord to help you identify what they are and how you can use them to walk in your calling that he has for you. But here's the thing. I want you to remember this as we wrap up. In 1 Chronicles 29... Verse 17, he says, I know, my God, that you examine our hearts and rejoice when you find integrity there. You know, I have done all this with good motives, and I have watched your people offer their gifts willingly and joyously. When you walk in the gifts and the callings of God, I believe God rejoices. I believe he grins from ear to ear and he says, that's my child and I'm so proud of them. I believe that's God's heart when you and I walk in them. When you and I do the things that God's called us to do with a good heart, a good motive, we do it willingly, we don't do it begrudgingly, then I believe he smiles. I believe he looks at us and says, you know what, I'm so proud of you guys. Guys, there's nothing complicated about gifts. There's nothing that you and I uh, have to do. There's nothing that you and I have to strain to try to accomplish. Everything should flow smoothly. I mean, when you and I prayed for salvation, we didn't have to to go through a big ritual, we didn't have to struggle, we didn't have to, to beg God. To give us the Holy Spirit. We just said God. I can't do this on my own. I need your gift of salvation. I need what you offered me through your son Jesus. And I need your help to live this life. And I, and I, and I promise from here on out. My, my heart is to follow after you. To do everything that you want me to do. To live everything that you want me to live. So y'all stand with me. as our prayer partners come down you need to know before you leave this place maybe you have questions about your gift maybe you want someone to, 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 to believe and pray with you that God will begin to open those things up to you and reveal to you what he's called you to do well they're here they're here to pray with you they're here to encourage you maybe you're here and you're like, you know what, I just, I haven't been living for God at all, much less much less offering my gift. Well, maybe this is the time that you can come down today and say, God, I'm going to give you my heart again. Everything that I have is yours.